Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this week's episodes. In the red corner, what happens when you throw the director of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the writer of Cliffhanger, the producer of Daredevil, and the star of Chopper into one big green melting pot of batshit crazy? Weirdly, you get a movie that is one big green melting pot of batshit crazy. From 2003, we'll try and work out what the hell is going on in Hulk. Look at you. Off to college. You'd be a great scientist. Like your father. There's something inside you so special. Someday you're going to share it with the whole world. Bruce, I don't understand what I just saw. It's like the gamma released. Someone was already there. My son is unique. And the world will not tolerate his existence. What did you do to me? While in the blue corner, after the WTF of Hulk, we'll be turning up the incredible and finding out what happens when you throw together the director of The Transporter 2, the writer of The Nutty Professor 2, and the star of American History X, and ask them to make Jason Bourne with superpowers. Is it the MCU's most unloved film? On Thursday, we're talking 2008, The Incredible Hulk. I've got a problem. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. So you shrink. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Bruce, trust me when I tell you I've heard them all. Not this one. We've never seen anything even close to your levels of exposure. That you survived an event like that, it's beyond my comprehension. I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. As far as I'm concerned, that man's whole body is property of the U.S. Army. So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Butters. 
You shall die and be reborn a hero of the kind that walked the earth long before the pale religions and civilization infected humanity's soul. I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. How are you both doing? Uh, once again, I, I still miss your faces. Victoria, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I, I've had a slight cold, uh, so that, that was oh. drama. Yeah, I'm all right now. Uh, I had a nap, so I haven't done that for about six years. So that was nice. It, Not today. It, it, in the day? Yeah. But in the day? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, just a I little cheeky one. No, I know. Well, you have yeah. to be quite ill, I've found, and then, then you can. Right, right. I get really hot. Like, uh, I get very hot if I nap in the day. I wake up sweating, and I, I don't like that. <laughs> sweating and screaming. <laughs> uh, Christopher, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. But as ever, I'm very uncomfortable with this small talk that we yeah. started doing at the, at the beginning. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of why I do it. I mean, I, I don't enjoy it either, but <laughs> I think you enjoy it less. So that's why I still do it. Uh, I'm having an iron brew. Are you? Are you hungover? Mm. No, oh. no. You know, I normally have a San Pellegrino and I've mentioned that a lot and yet no sponsorship from them has been forthcoming. <laughs> so uh, I've cast the net a little wider and I think maybe Iron Brew are our guys. So, uh, yes, I've, it's... Heard, I've heard I've heard from some Scottish people that they've changed the ingredients or the formula or it tastes different and is no longer as nice as old Iron Brew. I can't remember the last time I had an iron brew, so that information is useless to me. This one is great, though. It is great. And you know what it's good for? Colds and napping. So uh, <laughs> love an iron brew. Really love it. All right, small talk done. Right, this week's clash, Hulk versus the Incredible Hulk, or as I'm calling it, I mean and green, and I am bad. These were Chris's choices. Why? <laughs> um... <laughs> Because I didn't really grow up reading the Hulk comics, but I did grow up watching the TV show and I loved that show. And I think that meant a lot to kids of that era, because aside from the Superman movies, it was the only quality live action superhero thing we had. So I was very excited about this first movie when it came out and I came out of it very conflicted and confused. And so I felt the same way rewatching it this week and wanted to try and figure out my feelings about the movie on this episode of Film Therapy. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. I've got I've got a similar approach. We'll get on to that. Uh, so, reminders of the clue you gave last week, Christopher. Uh, it ain't easy being green. Yeah, and then you followed that up on Twitter with a, a magisterial second clue. I loved it. What was it? Uh, I, I, I just thought I'd given such an easy clue. I thought everyone would get it, so I didn't bother doing a second clue to direct people to our podcast. So I just put up a, a picture of some green. <laughs> yep, just some green. Uh, so based on that, at ClashPod is our address on Twitter. At ClashPod is our address on Instagram. Come join the social media party. We had some green screen-based guesses. Left Terry Loves You said, going with green screen, Avatar versus Ready Player One. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Left Terry loves you, uh, but we have a killer avatar pairing in the works. And no, it's not Fern Gully. So that's coming <laughs> up. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Uh, Gary Bailey going with the green screen theme. 300 versus Sin City. Sarah ATX says the green screen theme. Sky Captain versus the 2004 live action French film Immortal. She does add, unlikely I know. 
Correct. <laughs> uh, alternatively, Johnny Tightlip says the happening versus Little Shop of Horrors, plant-based greenery there. Katie went Hulk versus the mask, uh, but the right answers. Anthony M. Rose, Peter Stirrup, Callum, and Kirsten Ellen Young were all beaten to the punch by Andrew Logan. Congratulations, Andrew. Andrew Smash. Right, shall we do the connections? Yes. Uh, I could only find one uh, this week. Uh, both <laughs> movies feature a scene with a centrifuge. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was yeah, my Yeah, I mean, one. obviously, yeah. the, connections, the connections are many, being yeah. that they're both Hulk movies. Uh, just the weird ones, though, like that, um, Bruce Banner rides a bike in both films. <laughs> Um, which isn't very hero-like. Um, I mean, that's, that's, it's that weirder than centrifuges. I, I think I'm still going with the slightly weirder one, centrifuge. No, I get that because they both take mid laboratories, isn't it, Base yeah. the, old, mm. uh, the old legend of Hulk. Cabins in the woods, though. Both of them have cabins in the woods. Yep. Yep, true. True. And obviously they've both got uh, Lou Ferrigno and Stan Lee yeah. cameoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll throw idiots... Into the mix, uh, that's a connection. Uh, people repeatedly seeing that weapons don't work on the know, Hulk and using <laughs> the same the same weapons. Just keep going. Just keep going with the same gun. Uh, maybe it'll be different this time. <laughs> Any more? Not really. I mean, this was you know, uh, the opening sequences work very hard, very, very hard to convey a shitload of information during the title sequence, which I found uh, annoying both times. Mm. Yeah. Uh, both movies uh, are in the 60% bracket on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which seems rather high, especially for one of them, I yeah. have to say. Right, what's the actual connection, Chris? Uh, they're both Hulk films. Great, 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 great. great. <laughs> Lovely. So, uh, Victoria is smashing her way through the Incredible Hulk on Thursday, which means today I'm going to be asking what the Hulk happened here. Let me take you on a journey. Daddy David Banner hates being told what to do, almost as much as he hates starfish and monkeys. And after weirdly being denied human subjects to genetically alter, he loses his shit, experiments on himself, creates a Hulk baby, blows up his lab, tries to kill his son, murders his wife, and yet still has the audacity to spend the rest of the movie bitching about being locked up. Meanwhile, grown-up Bruce is an emotionless void who somehow can't make it work with equally emotionless void Betty who sadly (laughs) doesn't have the excuse of being a Hulk baby sparks don't fly until (laughs) gamma radiation then we get Hulk dogs Josh Lucas being awesome a lot of jumping some more jumping an off-Broadway two-man play performed for the military dad turns into a bubble the end ladies and gentlemen for your consideration. <laughs> Hulk. Very good. <laughs> One of my notes is he fights his dad, but his dad is a rock. <laughs> That's so funny. So true. <laughs> Uh, Right, individual histories with this movie. Uh, We kind of heard uh, yours. Chris, would you like to elaborate any further? No, not really, except I was very confused and conflicted when I came out of the cinema watching this first time, and I felt the same way this week, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. But, yeah, how about you, Vicky? I I watched the Hulk on telly when I was growing up, so it just reminds me of, like, lazy Sunday, lazy, say lazy, bored, um, you know, at my grandma's house. (laughs) Napping, having a nap. Having a nap. 
I thought I'd seen this. But I, then I examined myself. I was like, why would I? I don't, I, you know. It's when you said to us last week, it's got Hulk dogs in it. I was like, no, I haven't seen that. So I had never seen it. Right. Well, I, 2003, I just started at MTV. I was doing a movie show called Screenplay, went to a screening of this. And I do remember being very interested because Ang Lee and also um, my appetite had been whet by arguably the greatest piece of movie merchandising in the history of cinema, which was the Hulk hands with sound effects. And I, my little brother had some of those. and They were just, I, I still love them. They're amazing. The Hulk hands. Hulk smash. Yeah, um, my uh, middle child, he thinks he's the Hulk, but he calls it Honk, which is really cute. I know you won't like that, but <laughs> I think that's so cute. Um, he's got Honk muscles, so you strap these things to his arms, and then when he squeezes his arms, it looks like his biceps are rippling, which he loves. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. If, if nothing else, these movies have given us some great merchandising. Great toys. Uh, that's about all. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing I could remember before watching this week was Josh Lucas's death, and um, and and that's pretty much it. That and Nick Nolte turning into the rock monster from Galaxy Quest. But just like you, Chris, I was really excited. I haven't seen it for seventeen years since that first watching. I was really excited, probably more excited than half the films we've done about reappraising this because I I think I thought I'd missed something first time round. My expectations were like this is going to be Spider Man or something like Spider Man. So. I, I hoped without all the hype, um, it would be a different experience, which we can discuss. Trivia time. Hulk started its journey at Universal ages ago. 1990 was when this movie was first being talked about with Uber producer Gail Ann Hurd and Marvel Big Cheese Avi Arad. Uh, over the next 13 years, a lot of writers had a go on this script. Right, first of all, cliffhanger writer Michael France. Uh, he says no to Universal's idea of Hulk versus the terrorists. Uh, he is the first person to write it. Then comic book fan John Turman, who wants to pit the Hulk against supervillain the leader, rewrites it. Then Michael France is bumped. Uh, Gail Ann Hurd brings in her hubby, who we talked about. Jumanji writer Jonathan Hensley, uh, he reteams with Jumanji director Joe Johnson, and he has an idea involving gamma-infused convicts who are transformed into insect-human hybrids. He rewrites it. Then Joe Johnson leaves, and Hensley becomes the director and rewrites it again. Then Zach Penn, who'd go on to write The Incredible Hulk, he has a go, puts in a scene where the Hulk fights a school of sharks, which I cannot believe I read because... For both these movies, I am now disappointed that that scene hasn't made it into either film. Wouldn't that be amazing? Hulk v, not one shark, a school of sharks. Are you saying that when you saw him fight a poodle, you thought, this is good, <laughs> but I want it underwater? <laughs> I can't talk about that dog scene till we get to that dog scene. That dog scene is the most absurd and harrowing piece of cinema we've had on this show. What were they thinking? That's all I'll say. That's a little teaser for the dog scene. Sharks, on the other hand, great, because it's sharks. You know, you don't look at a shark and go, oh, I might keep that as a pet and stroke it and put it on a lead. A shark is fundamentally quite scary, <laughs> not like a I poodle. Don't at, I don't look at a poodle and think, oh, I want that on a lead to keep. No. <laughs> I think keep that 
bloody thing away from me. Yes. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because you spent too much time in Victoria. Oh, animals, <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> no, anyway. <I'm> not <laughs> <laughs> Zach Penn rewrites it. J.J. Abrams uh, steps in to rewrite it. Uh, the guys who wrote Ed Wood and Man on the Moon rewrite it. The writer of, you'll love this, guys, Deep Impact rewrites it. <laughs> then the writer of X-Men 2 rewrites it. Finally, Ang Lee gets on board, and he wants to turn it into a father and son drama slash Greek tragedy. So he gets his longtime producer and writer of The Ice Storm, James Seamus, to rewrite it. So after over a decade and all of that, filming starts, script is still being rewritten. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, that's, that's the history of the movie. Would anyone like to add to the writing legacy of The Hulk? No, let's no. get into it. Great. Great. Um, the only thing I will add, your regular sort of casting names pop up. Tom Cruise was considered, said no. Johnny Depp, Billy Crudup uh, was asked, and he said no. I think he might have been really good, uh, but maybe that's just because he looks slightly like Bruce Banner. Uh, I mean, Eric Banner, that's going to happen a lot. Edward Norton uh, was approached as well. Uh, he turned it down, uh, citing problems with the script, which I'm sure is a <laughs> sentence that will be funny on Thursday. And. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so in the end, it sounds like to get the cast he wanted, Ang Lee told a lot of people he was making Hulk as a Greek tragedy. And Nick Nolte is quoted as saying he only got involved because Ang Lee told him he was shooting a Greek tragedy. Uh, and clearly Nolte performed each line accordingly. <laughs> Lee told Eric Banner he was making Hulk as a Greek tragedy and that he'd be making a, a totally different Hulk part of the movie when he was in a suite at ILM. Uh, Eric Banner says of the shoot, it was ridiculously serious, a silent set, morbid in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, he also took Eric Banner to see a bare-knuckle boxing match to prepare for the role, uh, which to me sounds like expenses. It sounds like, go, stick it on expenses. Do you want to go see a fight? Great, put it on expenses. Um Lee, I'm assuming, Angley also told Josh Lucas uh, he was making a Greek tragedy, and uh, Josh Lucas clearly ignored him and played it like a fucking comic book movie. <laughs> Hence, he makes it out unscathed. <laughs> and the final bit of trivia is that the Hulk himself is played by Ang Lee in a motion capture suit, which I, I didn't know and is, is possibly the best thing I've ever heard the director <laughs> of the life of Pi and Brokeback Mountain running around with golf balls on him, smashing stuff up. He calls I, the experience I, uh, therapeutic. I bought I bought the Blu-ray, um, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of Ang Lee, a podgy middle-aged man in a mocap suit. Uh, and it actually made me quite annoyed why he decided to do it rather than the actor who he's cast in the role. So at least their movement could sort of match up. But um, I felt like he just decided he quite fancied trying this out. I think his <laughs> ego got the better of him. Um, he said, they didn't, we didn't have that much time, so the quickest way was to put me in the suit rather than have me directing someone. No, your job is to direct someone. You're the director. <laughs> Um, but yeah. he decided he was more qualified. Um, one of the animators on that on that behind the scenes says he apparently had a lot of acting experience, <laughs> which seemed very judgmental when this bloke did it. And they've they've even got footage of him um, in the mocap suit, sort of wrestling with a dog for for the scene we're going to talk about, which is <laughs> very bizarre. And then they bring in the angrier dog, 
And that's when Ang Lee decides he doesn't want to be in the mocap suit anymore <laughs> and he gets a stuntman to do it. Uh, those people who, um, who uh, film you in those mocap suits take it very seriously. I had the pleasure of going to Weta Digital out in New Zealand once and putting on a mocap suit and, um, and fighting a, a stuntman. And I was playing, a, a, we choreographed this thing and I was playing a, a big ogre and he was playing a very sexy elf. Uh, and as much as I argued for the opposite, it wasn't going to be. So, um, <laughs> so they take it quite seriously because they—you it's, it's amazing. You can see uh, a sort of very rough rendering of yourself as the ogre. And so we're filming this for Sky, and I can see myself, and I'm just throwing out some moves. I'm throwing some shapes as an ogre. They didn't like that. Uh, they didn't like that. It's very serious. It's like once you're the ogre, you're the ogre. Doing uh, <laughs> doing the Macarena uh, because you can see an ogre doing the Macarena. It isn't met with the laughs that you'd think it would be, uh, which is a, a damn shame. A damn shame. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie then. So the film starts as it means to go on, uh, with the titles dividing the screen like the pains of a comic book, uh, which is a really great idea on paper. Um, what did you think uh, of this? Let's get this this stylistic approach out of the way to start with. Did you like the fact that at various points you were seeing the same scene from different angles? I found it distracting. That might be because I'm a bit simple. Ha, I loved it. Wow. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. I really loved it. I thought without it, it it would be poorer for it without it. And then, where are you then? Um, and I thought it gave <laughs> a lot of energy to it and it needed it. And I, yeah, I, I, it didn't annoy. Yeah, I liked it. That was good. Do you not think it would have worked better had it been uh, used in a different movie? Say The Incredible Hulk on Thursday. Like I think that's when you use stuff like that. To me, it is so at odds with the tone of the film. And like you yeah. say, it's desperately, desperately trying to make something that is trying to depress you fun. <laughs> yeah. But the the whole film is like that, isn't it? It's pulled between two different things: the Greek tragedy and the fact that you're dealing with a big green man um, who smashes stuff up, and it wants its cake and eat it. Is that the right phrase? It wants to have its cake and eat it. So it wants you to be in, like you say, a two man play with Nick Nolte <laughs> about human error or something. But it also wants to be like, look at this dude smashing things up, and it can't quite decide yeah. which is more important: the comic book, the the framing element. I I just found it fun, and I found it fun all the way through. Yeah, I love these opening 20 minutes um, and I really like the the comic book structure here. I mean, he wanted to break up the linear structure of film and it, this was a time I felt like when people were being a bit more experimental with superhero movies before they all sort of started looking like each other. And so, uh, you know, the, I like the way the camera moves across the screen like your eye moving across a comic book and flying around and you, as you say, you've got split screens, images merging, transitions, wipes. I think it gives it a real full <laughs> momentum, but I, th I think you've got to be really careful where you use it. I mean, there's a scene later on where it's just some helicopters flying over the desert and we get five panels on the screen that we're following. Mm. And that's just a boring thing to watch on screen. And it, that would be a boring panel in a comic book. So I think, it, I think it's used well here when it's flying through this story. But I think there are other places where it's just used for the sake of it. And I think it's pointless. There are a lot of wipes. Star Wars, Schmar Wars. This movie <laughs> has a lot of wipes. Um, <laughs> all right, Kate, okay, that's the comic book stylistic approach dealt with. Let's talk about the plot. Uh, we open with David Banner mutilating some seafood as he tries to find a way to protect humanity from something I can't honestly <laughs> say that I was clear what it was. Maybe I missed it. Uh, making people invulnerable 
to something. Uh, anyway, then he gasses a monkey. Um, then he injects himself with his something, which uh, passes on to baby Bruce Banner. Uh, so this is quite exciting. I agree. This is We start exciting at this point. Uh, but just in case you were getting overexcited at all the monkey gassing and starfish butchery, uh, you have a five-minute montage of wood, which just is... Uh, it seems strange. Uh, I, I, I'm sure there is some comment on nature and the Hulk loves lichen later on. <laughs> I'm not clear, really, why there's so much wood being filmed. <laughs> and so uh, then it seems like, to me, everyone on, on this base is very unprofessional uh, because clearly David Banner isn't well uh, and he makes he makes notes, which we get to see in one of the comic book panes and everything is in lowercase. Uh, but because, because there's something important he's written, uppercase and underlined are the words, worst fears confirmed. It's <laughs> <laughs> like my podcast notes. <laughs> <laughs> proper science notes proper worst fears underline and i might forget that so i better underline I and they're about they're about his son as well so it's like that's the time you think you'd be more emotionally charged but it's like i don't want anyone to mistake that i knew that this was bad all right because it's underlined so um. So if David Banner's a professional, uh, young General Ross comes in, and because David Banner won't listen to him, he just starts smashing shit up in, in the <laughs> military lab. He's just like, goes, get a microscope off the counter, you idiot. What, you've messed up. Uh, and how did they find that guy? The young Sam Elliott is just uncanny. Yeah, he's It's good. almost like they found good de-aging technology <laughs> uh, to make Sam Elliott young because he looks so much better than some of the recent Marvel films where they've just got this, you know, this crappy tech they've used to, to, to make Michael Douglas or Kurt Russell or whoever else look young. And this, I just thought it was brilliant casting. Yeah, he's good, uh, but he is angry. So he smashes up the lab and Crazy Dave's next move is to then blow up the base. Um then something happens which we're not meant to know. Uh, Crazy Dave Banner and his wife disappear into a cupboard room, uh, which Baby Banner then uh, is aware of, and it makes him play with his cuddly toys really, really fast. Um, then we have this scene, which <laughs> I'll admit I spent ages trying to work out, where it flashes forward to the older woman. Banner's now a teenager. And I was watching it going... Oh, that's a terrible bit of casting. I mean, she looks nothing like his young mum. Her hair's a different colour. Hasn't she aged quickly? I didn't realise it was meant to be his adoptive mum. Um, yeah. Did both of you pick up on that immediately? You did, course, didn't you? yes. Right? She looks nothing Good. like his mum. And they literally say his name is now Bruce Krenzler, so it's, right. it's it's very very clear. Yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, well, <laughs> whether it's clear or not, she has she. What is clear? is she has just watched Spider-Man and decides to try and outdo. <laughs> She's going to try and outdo Uncle Ben. She thought, I like what you've done there, Uncle Ben, but I've got something better. Fuck, great power and great responsibility. Listen to this. There's something inside you so special. Some kind of greatness. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Something funny I, I read is that um, obviously this came out the year after Spider-Man. So someone else who saw Spider-Man apparently is the writer James Seamus, who having come out of screening, he phoned Ang Lee and said, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I like it. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes me feel uh, great because I'm not going to feel bad about anything that we say over the next half hour. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, 
I, I, the way she talks to him, though, I, having been brought up on American cinema, I imagine that is how most mums in America speak to their kids. I, I genuinely think like they are constantly going, you're amazing. Oh, my God. Inside you is greatness. Uh, do you talk to your children like that, Victoria? I do. Um, but I think it's quite... I mean, I, I certainly wasn't spoken to like that when I was growing up. And that didn't do me any fucking harm, all right? No, I'm kidding. I think it probably did. Um, so I'm very over the top with the children because I just think, you know, your mum's got to be on your team, all right? So I'm constantly telling them how brilliant they are. I really hope it doesn't blow up in my face and they become entitled little pricks but i suppose we'll find out won't we so it's a it's an experiment um it's it's all my fault if it goes wrong i suppose we're all on that journey together though i'm sure you know we'll hear about it it'll be it's it's exciting to be part of this your family even at a distance <laughs> remotely your, your experiment <laughs> uh, uh, right let's get let's get uh on with uh meeting big bruce banner uh so just a little explanation about the names, because I find it ridiculous, this Banner stuff. So Bruce Banner in the comics was changed to David Banner in the old TV series, who was changed back to Bruce Banner in the film. And Bruce Banner's dad in the comics is Brian Banner, who became David Banner in the film, father to Bruce Banner, who's played by Eric Banner. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so at this point, Eric Banner had done Chopper. And obviously, he'd been one of the ensemble in Black Hawk Down. And I kind of feel for him in this movie because I get this idea that he's playing Bruce Banner as this emotional void. But it just really doesn't work on screen for me at all. And I, I don't think it's his fault. I go back to what he said. The set was ridiculously, ridiculously serious, a silent set, morbid in a lot of ways. I just don't think it comes across. I don't think you really understand that he has no emotion. Like, no. it's just quite a joyless performance. Well, yeah, because also, why would you want to, if he, that's the challenge with the Hulk, I suppose. But the other way to do it, which may not feel as risky and therefore less satisfying if you pull it off, but would definitely be a bit more engaging, is that he's a person who's constantly, as he will be later, tamping down a very dangerous rage, which he can't explain, doesn't know why he's like this. He's a nice guy. He wears a fucking cycle helmet, yeah, so he's a good dude. <laughs> but he's got this thing that he needs to like keep, like, keep on top of like we all do like we would all understand that you have to show a certain face to the world at a certain time but actually secretly like he says later i feel free of the rage and the power that's what you want to see on screen you want to see a man struggling a person struggling with that you don't want to see a total blank because he's supposed to have a girlfriend and you're like why right. yeah Go on, keep shouting. It's all right. Yeah, I also think that the, there's a problem with this film and the film we'll watch. Uh, we'll talk about on Thursday that they fixed in Avengers, and I don't know whether it's down to the actor or the writing, but he's not particularly likable. Banner here, and in the film on Thursday, he's not very likable. But Ra Mark Ruffalo managed to make the Banner character likable, mm. and so you're so much more invested from the word go. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about it on Thursday, but you're right. I mean, Mark Ruffalo is head and shoulders um, above both um, Banner and Norton. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Vic. It's it's like there's this big gap because like you want to be rooting. He's our hero, and you want to be rooting for him and all this tragic stuff that's going to happen to him. But you just don't. There's this huge sort of void where like you caring about your protagonist should be, and um, and how him and Jennifer Connelly's Betty could not make it work. I have no idea because she's as empty as him. Uh, honestly, <laughs> there's, there's just there's nothing about her. Um, like I honestly, I'm like, has her personality been sucked into the black hole? 
where his personality should be because their <laughs> scenes together are just so like, meh, meh what is this? Meh, just two drippy people being yeah. drips with each other. It's awful. And, and do not get me started on the flashback when they were, in inverted commas, <laughs> happy. That's awful, awful sequence where they're in his and hers knitwear doing a catalogue shoot for Little Woods. Oh, it made me think of Chris. It made me think of you because I bet you love that role, Nick, because you're a big The Gap <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> nice muted tones, natural colours. It really reminded me of you. Autumnal. <laughs> Autumnal colours. Yeah, that's your palette, isn't it? That's your colourway. A leaf. Yeah, new yeah. neutral. It's neutral. It's a neutral. It's it's a like a very neutral, neutral don't collection. Look at me. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Everybody move along. <laughs> oh. Um either way. It is uh, a fucking revelation when Josh Lucas, playing an evil capitalist, turns up. <laughs> he is a breath of fresh air in this movie. Uh, he he genuinely, he feels like he has just walked onto the set uh, from uh, another way more fun movie that you'd rather be watching just around the corner. He's just sort of walked off that set and he's gone, I've got to go do the Hulk quickly, but I'm just going to keep the same character. You're like, I'd rather be watching the other movie that he has just walked off because stuff happens and he's like, yeah, uh, I'm evil. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Bruce and his team are doing something with gamma radiation, uh, which uh, I guess I think one mentioned gamma radiation in, in this film, uh, which is strange. Uh, but Bruce gets a face full of gamma and it's shown uh, by using some special effects borrowed from Doctor Who circa 1975. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that as a compliment. The bit where it goes, zhoo, 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 I'm like, cool, that's yep. quite good. Uh, but uh, adding uh, to uh, the, the animal body count, uh, after gassing a monkey, they do also explode a frog, um, which seems uh, unnecessary. But uh, if you don't like animals, oh, you're in for a treat uh, because Nick Nolte's here and he has some dogs. Things aren't going to end well for them, and we'll talk about that after the break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Stakhanov's brand new show, My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson, is available to listen to now. Clive will be quizzing some of the world's most interesting celebrities, including Griff Rhys-Jones and Shappy Corsandi, about their own personal Seven Wonders of the World. Join Clive and his first guest, Dara O'Brien. Dara talks to Clive about his love for the Irish sport hurling and some of the extra benefits that come with owning a hurley stick. It's just pleasant to have a big stick in the house every so often. For home security, it's always nice to know that I have an arsenal uh, if I need it. I'll bear that in mind if I'm tempted to burgle your house in the middle of the night. Just do it. Honestly, that's how I stand. I stand <laughs> naked with my Irish testicles dangling, <laughs> challenging people. They discuss finding humour in quantum physics. It's like saying, is the cat dead or not? Would you, somebody just open the box? Would somebody just open the box? <laughs> And discovering new passions during lockdown. Lockdown ran a schism, essentially, between the young comics who immediately went, I must learn new skills. I must learn video editing of TikTok. And I must find new ways to bring my comedy to people. And the older comics who went, yeah, retirement would be all right, actually. <laughs> in the guy. <laughs> Turns out, you know, it's, okay. it's not too bad. Search My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson on your favourite podcast player to hear the first episode now. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stakhanov production. So, uh, we're about an hour into the film now when we get our first appearance of the Hulk and his destructive power. So, after waiting for one hour, what does the Hulk do? Smashes up a chemistry set. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's his entrance. He kicks, he kicks some lab equipment about. Uh, but there is this touching moment uh, between uh, Bruce and his father where he strokes his face and he goes, my Bruce. Um, <laughs> I sort of, not, not as touching as it is in the film, but I quite like that bit. Did, did, did you like that bit? I like Nick Nolte in this because... Uh, and I, I mean, this is a common one. He looks like his mugshot, the famous Nick Nolte mugshot, <laughs> which everyone see was taken during the time of this movie. And he's gone on record and going, that is why my hair looks fucking nuts in that mugshot. Not because I was fucking nuts, because I was making the fucking Hulk, which was well, fucking nuts. <laughs> I would counter that with, he was done for DUI. Was he drunk for the shoot <laughs> for each of his scenes? Because he does seem a bit wild. Yeah. He's a, he Nick Nolte's all over this, um, but I, I don't mind that. I, I quite enjoy him in this. Weirdly, like he feels, even though he's acting as though he's in Ang Lee's Greek tragedy, he feels like a, a, a comic book villain. For this first scene, though, um, uh, where we, he's Hulk, it's sort of all in darkness and, and Ang Lee didn't purpose in part because he wanted to give him a grey tinge, um, which is a throwback to Hulk was originally grey. Did you know this? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So, yeah, Hulk was originally grey as Stanley came up with the character. And then there was an issue at the printer um, for issue two or three, and they couldn't use the grey. And so they asked him to pick a different colour for that issue. And he decided, he just thought about all the other superheroes, realised no one else was green, made him green. And that's why we've got the green Hulk of today. It was just him picking that out of thin air, that colour. Wow. 
Wow. Well, uh, Nick Nolte uh, is full of revelations. Uh, you, you, this means more to you guys because you'd realise this. I hadn't realised this. When he turns up to uh, see his son in hospital and he goes, yeah, your name is not Bruce Krenzler. I'm like, didn't know his name was Bruce Krenzler. <laughs> it feels like I'm finding that information out and being told it's wrong in the same scene, which is weird. You know, you think you're Bruce Krenzler. You're not. Is he? Good. Uh, anyway, it's about time the Hulk had something proper to fight. Um, and, and based on this film's track record so far with animals, uh, and it's, um, it's sort of unnecessary butchery of them, it seems right that Hulk would beat up a bunch of dogs. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know where to begin with this scene. Like, the, the, it, at one point, the Hulk rams his fist down a dog's throat and explodes <laughs> it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, what? but Jennifer Connelly is looking at him like that's too much. To be fair, I think that's going <laughs> on in that scene, isn't it? Like he's tearing these dogs to pieces, but she's like, "Whoa, you don't need to do that." I think right. So- and also, if if she's just met the Hulk for the first time, so if she's met the Hulk, and then three massive Hulk dogs turn up, you would be inclined to believe that they belong to the massive Hulk that's just turned up. That they <laughs> are true. his dogs. Fair enough. You wouldn't yeah. go. It's so that no wonder she's like. Wow! Wow! Why is he? Why is he literally exploding his own dogs? I mean, poodles were, are they scary. Are... <laughs> they are. Yeah, I think I poodles mean, but are also terrifying. You don't have to. Why you do you don't think poodles are terrifying? Because poodles I've heard are terrifying. That I've heard from people that like dogs. <laughs> Here we go. The poodles are vicious <laughs> and beneath the ridiculous exterior, they are angry, frustrated, nasty little biters. And that's what I've heard. So then when you see Nick Nolte in the lab and he's like, I'm the new guy, this is my dog. And just someone's not like, you fucking what? You don't fucking work here, obviously. The minute I saw a poodle, I was like, that's a nasty piece of work, that poodle. Um, so yeah, I I just oh, it's you just don't have the- to cut the poodle's hair to look like that either. You, the poodles, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to cut the hair in that shape. No, but but Nick Nolte's character has decided to do that, and I don't know why. <laughs> and also, That's Lily the poodle, by the way. Yeah. Ang Lee calls that that Lily the poodle on the commentary. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of it's a big ask as well for a janitor who's just started at a laboratory to go, cool, 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 I just got one request. I'm going to bring three dogs to work with me <laughs> every... Makes no sense. <laughs> every night. So, uh, not, not, not one, three. And then they're just going to... And they're not friendly. So, uh, just warn everyone <laughs> that works here. Um, so The scene uh, was $15 million of the budget. No. And it's yeah. interesting that behind the scenes, you can see the meetings where uh, the CG people are just saying to him, we cannot do what you're asking us to do in this amount of time for this amount of money. And they ended up only doing about a quarter of what Ang Lee envisioned for this action sequence. Mm. Which is why yeah. I think, like the poodle, Lily the poodle, she disappears in a puff of green smoke. And I yeah. think maybe, <laughs> which, which is quite bizarre when you think about it, I yeah. think maybe there was probably other things planned for her. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Ang Lee would have basically had him sort of turning them inside out and innards everywhere. But uh, but someone went, just have him explode in a puff of smoke. That's how we're going to get out of this really offensive dog fight that you've organised. Um, the other thing that Ang Lee wanted to do with this fight, he wanted the Hulk to be entirely naked for the whole fight mm. scene. However, this was thought to be too difficult for a PG-13 movie. Uh, it yeah, would be. he said it was. 
he said it was inconvenient um, having Hulk naked, and he felt when he was planning it, he felt like he was shooting that sequence from Austin Powers, and so that's what made him mm. uh, pull back. Um, also, one question: uh, Does Jennifer Connelly constantly live in a log cabin? Uh, like, is that where she lives <laughs> all the time, by a lake in the middle of the forest? Because I, I just couldn't stop thinking: What is her commute like to work? Because it, feel, it feels like a long drive. You know, yeah. you're living, you're living out there among nature as well. So you clearly love nature. Then you got to get in a four by four and drive across state every day to get God, to your like lab. San Francisco, like, though, San Francisco does have nice forests near to the city center, okay. near to the city. Okay, I mean, yeah, it does. The, the big redwoods, yeah, I, I get that. I just, I just feel it, it's sort of angrily going. Oh, we're going to set it in a log cabin, and people go, but, but, good. All right, let's concentrate on these dogs. Um, so. Jennifer Connelly sells Bruce out to her dad at the first opportunity. Uh, <laughs> no problem with that. Uh, so Sam Elliott, who cut his hair short for this movie, uh, which must really suck uh, when you realise what the movie's like, uh, he locks up Bruce in, I don't know what, like a James Bond villain's base, uh, the Umbrella Corporation's hive from Resident Evil, some big underground thing. Uh, so he locks him up down there for... 30 seconds before Bruce and Betty go for a stroll uh, around the base um, to to sort of find out what happened when Bruce was a kid. I don't know. It wasn't clear. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Nick Nolte has developed his own superpowers, uh, which appear to be that if he walks on a cattle grid, he can turn into a cattle grid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ang Lee on the other commentary Ang Lee is so unclear as to what the villain is he says uh, I think at this point the character can partake of any essence so I started calling him partaking man oh that's snappy <laughs> very snappy <laughs> so weak oh my so God. weak oh wow um, I think because I think this is where it all gets really this is what I was saying at the start about basically 13 writers working on this because there were two uh, two of the Hulk's uh, enemies were in original drafts of the script, at, at least two, uh, the Absorbing Man and uh, Zax. Zax is made of electricity. Absorbing Man absorbs people's powers. And so Nick Nolte, basically, James Seamus, took those powers and just sort of turned them into Nick Nolte's character. So he got rid of the actual comic book villain element because he wanted this human drama between father and son. So he's kind of got their powers, but it doesn't really Well, as I say, work. this was a time before we've got the sort of what become the Marvel and the DC modern super movies where they kind of decided, oh, yeah, you might have 50 years of great comic book villains, but we're going to come up with our own. We're going to come up with fresh new ways to do this. <laughs> where thankfully they've realized actually, yeah, no, these people knew what they were doing. Um, even, even his introduction as the janitor, we'll talk about the leader villain on Thursday, yeah. but the leader was a janitor. That's how he ended up um, getting his powers was working at a, a laboratory like that. So they just chucked in every little bit of it and then to, to craft something new Hence, we got Partaking Man. <laughs> oh, Partaking Man. As if this movie couldn't test your patience enough. Even behind the scenes, Partaking Man. Um, right. Um, uh, we're back on the base and uh, we get uh, literally the most poetic way to describe stabbing someone in the history of cinema. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's a flashback to uh, Mrs. Banner getting stabbed. And, and the line is, <laughs> it was as if she and the knife merged, mm. uh, <laughs> which I, 
pretty much is stabbing someone. Uh, but it, it was as if she and the knife merged, Your Honour. <laughs> kind of victim blaming a little bit. I'm not that. I'm not 100 percent comfortable with that. Like she fell on it. I don't think so. I think you fucking stabbed her. But okay. Um. Then we actually get something amazing, which only serves to remind you how good a film this might have been if everything else had been different, and it's the way Josh Lucas dies. That is a very memorable image. The explosive going off behind him, him flying towards the screen. It's like, it's pop art. It's beautiful. I love that. It's okay. I mean, I'd forgotten about it. It feels like like you're looking at a a moving comic book. Hmm. I really liked it. I really liked it, but I just think he's great. It's just Did like you not the like fact that he's the, all beat up. The um, the glass t- the tank, you know, the submersion tank. I thought that was brilliant. That really surprised me because it looked like something that would be used in the very darkest of like complexes somewhere. But it, so it mm. felt believable, but also like comic book enough silly to be entertaining. It looked like the tank that Luke Skywalker's in at the start of The Empire Strikes Back kicked on its side. I felt like I'd seen it before. <laughs> yeah, fair that's, enough. That's what it reminded me of. Fair enough. Uh, just uh, bung a bit of purple on it. Obviously, purple <laughs> plays a big part because is so. I'm right in thinking purple is the uh, the color opposite apparently of green. So that's why in both movies, when the Hulk is sort of being sedated or like they're doing bad things to him, the color purple pops up. Oh, anyway, um, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my yeah. note, you can't see it, but my notes today are green and purple <laughs> in homage. <laughs> You've got a lot of time on your hands, haven't you, Chris? <laughs> I really uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, if I, uh, uh, this is this is clearly a note that's come from Ang Lee, uh, having having just found out about Partaking Man uh, when Hulk escapes, the uh, the military give him the code name Angry Man, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, full stop. Um, <laughs> Uh, he throws a tank. He fights some helicopters. Uh, he stares at some lichen on a rock for ages. And um, there's a lot of jumping. Well, the, I guess, well, I'm pleased to see that Hulk finds it as hard to run in sand as the rest of us do, because <laughs> that that doesn't look good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, the idea for Ang Lee here was he wanted to make this huge monster look as small as a flea. So he puts him in these huge landscapes. And it is it is quite an interesting visual. I mean, it, it feels like I wish we'd chuck some of this stuff in in the first hour of the film rather than, you know, 90 minutes in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, 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 I just think the Hulk looks so rubbish. I think the CGI looks rubbish, and I, I remember at the time, I, I sort of don't mind it as much now. Weirdly, uh, but at the time, I was a bit, a bit disappointed. And first of all, I think he looks really too green, and secondly, Wetter had just done Gollum like about six months earlier, so I remember I'd seen that, and the bar had been raised by what Gollum was as a CG character, and then this felt like just a, a huge backstep in terms of what a CG character could look like on screen. And I'm guessing you don't like him, V, because uh, the one thing he certainly can't do uh, is face act. Um, you've no idea, no idea what emotion he's meant to have at any time. That's true. Yeah, when he's a tree and when he's not a tree, it's hard to tell like, um, any difference between the two of them. And I actually have a question now. When he's on the back of that jet fighter and the pilot takes him to the edge of space, does the pilot lose control and float off into space at the very edge of the atmosphere? Because that's pretty dark and pretty awesome if it's true. I thought he passed uh, out. I would say and de- then... Go on. 
Yeah, I, I would say definitely not because, uh, oh, you're certainly not supposed to think that because they've def they certainly take an A team approach to death here, mm. where you don't see anyone or hear anyone die, even when a helicopter in this sequence go get smashed down by the Hulk. You can hear over the radio them them say we're busted up, but we're okay, mm. even though they'd obviously be dead because <laughs> they've decided we don't really want to kill anyone in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah, when he chucks the tank as well, those guys climb out despite being thrown half a fucking mile. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, so then they catch they catch um, Bruce, um, and uh, again confusing. But apparently, the military decide to fulfil Crazy David Banner's wish to let him see his son. Uh, now, yes. uh, what the hell? I, Why are they bringing this bloke to him? Uh, this clearly drunk bloke. <laughs> <laughs> what? I what? want to see my son. <laughs> I want to take me to my son. <laughs> what is? Take me to my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's he's got an ulti. That oh. was really good, Chris. Don't let Alex be arched. That was awesome. Really, good. it was. I mean, it was good. So they. This bit is the bit that feels literally like an off-Broadway two-man play or <laughs> yeah. like something something that Eric Banner and Nick Nolte would put on at the Edinburgh Fringe. It's like, it's, it's a black, very it, it's a very sparse stage. It's black Don't, don't they call it black... You're right. Don't they call that black spot theatre when, when it's yes. just two people and a black... Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. you're right. <laughs> it's just like we've invited a very special audience down here tonight. It's the military. <laughs> it's uh, General General Ross is here. <laughs> Betty Ross is here. Guys, great to see you. I hope you enjoy the play. Oh, my son! Oh, I'm going I'm to bite this power cable! Weak little, weak little speck of human trash! <laughs> Leave me alone, Dad! Leave me alone! Just go away! But as you say, he 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 bites down on some electrical wire and becomes a giant electric man. No and one runs in. No, no one, one runs in. No, no one does a no fucking bat an eyelid, Alex. No one bats an eyelid. He's just become twenty feet tall. Yeah, that's fine. That's normal. That's fine. We can deal with it. What? Uh, this was certainly worth the ticket price. I did not expect that. What a five stars. The Scotsman. The ending is unbelievable. Oh my god! How can we top that? Uh, he's going to become a cloud monster, then a rock monster from Galaxy Quest, then a water monster, mm. uh, then, then, then a bubble, uh, then a big bubble, and then then we're going to use a, a, a big another weapon on him, and uh, and that, that's uh, that's it. We're going to this weapon. Having used every other weapon, we could have just used this weapon. That weapon has killed him, and the Hulk probably didn't survive. Oh yes, so, he did. Well, I mean, I respect the fact that they're trying something here in terms of this is this Freudian battle of this son who can't escape the father trying to break this cycle of abuse. And it's sort of happening visually, but it's also happening in the subconscious and they're trying to visualise the abstract. But it all looks like a bunch of bollocks on screen, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Utter yeah. bollocks. Utter bollocks. And I do get it. I mean, sort of when you start thinking about it and it's this like... The father is finally undone by the repressed pain he's caused his son because Nick Nolte's like, give it to all, give it all to me. And he's underestimated the pain that he's caused Eric Banner. And when he's given it all, he can't take it. Yeah, but he's still just a big CGI bubble floating there. (laughs) And you're like, oh, fuck's that? What is that? and, And my question is, if your villain is absorbing energy... 
Would you drop the largest energy source known to man on him? <laughs> Wouldn't it have the reverse effect of what it actually happens in the film? And that he'd just become <laughs> nuclear man from nuclear Superman man! 4. Oh, I would have, that, would have, that would have cheered me up at the end if he'd cameoed. A uh, different universe, but fuck it. At this point, gobs are off. Partaking man, <laughs> angry man, it's nuclear man. Um, right, um, uh, that's pretty much the, the end, Eric Banner's... Um, uh, setting up the start of the Incredible Hulk by being in South America, uh, which yeah. sort of connects the two. Um, Didn't like that beard. I did not like uh, the fake blonde fake beard, beard that he had. No. no. And and I got uh, a sense on the commentary that, that Ang Lee wasn't particularly happy about that scene at the end. He said, he says, this scene is a climb down from the tragedy so that we end up with a less emotionally troublesome ending. So I think he didn't want this sort of semi-happy setup for the next film. Mm. Okay, good. Well, yeah. Um, uh, the only thing I found out is that um, obviously this movie and the movie we're talking about Thursday, the two solo Hulk movies, um, uh, cinema Hulk movies, and um, Disney now, as of last year, have the rights fully back from Universal because they hadn't made a Hulk standalone Hulk movie. One of the reasons was Universal still had the distribution rights. Disney have those back now. And though it's not confirmed, there is obviously talk of a um, a proper MCU. I mean, I know the Incredible Hulk, but, you know, a Mark Ruffalo standalone Hulk movie in the future. Shall we do the bits? Yes. Yeah, I'll say the only other thing about this film is it that, that it had um, a historic drop at the box office after the first weekend. Mm. So I think that tells you all you need to know in, in terms of how people felt about it and, and what the word of mouth was like. Yeah, it was also Ang Lee um, turned down, so the rumour mill says, uh, he was uh, asked to do Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and he turned it down for Hulk. And when you think about that, uh, you can see basically he was looking for a blockbuster franchise to massively turn into a father-son drama like John Connor in the Terminator. It would have been in Terminator 3. So while you might not like Terminator 3, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> uh, best scene, uh, Victoria? Um uh Nick Nolte's metal hand <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's that's it honestly I swear to god when he when he becomes partaking man and his mm. hand turns into metal and he goes oh like but he seems all right with it I liked that that's my answer it's a, it's a good answer and it involves partaking man which yeah. is my new favorite two words Chris <laughs> best scene uh it's less a scene more a moment i like it when hulk uh punches a dog in the balls um because it's so unexpected it comes out of nowhere and then i started thinking about i like the idea that a sound effects guy had to figure out what the sound of a hulk punching a hulk dog in the balls would sound like <laughs> okay. okay you went yeah i mean are you just trying to out weird ang lee <laughs> on this interpretation of the fucking hulk uh, the best scene is josh lucas exploding Full stop. Um, MVW, Chris. Hulk Poodle. <laughs> Victoria. <laughs> Nick Nolte. He, it's his film. It's a different film, but it is his film. Uh, uh, both wrong. It's Josh Lucas. He is in a better movie. Um, <laughs> and finally, uh, what would you change, Chris? Uh, two things. But uh, firstly, it's more a, a humane uh, issue I've got with the film. They make not one, but two toddlers cry at the start of the film. Like, literally make them cry on screen yeah. by being horrible to them. Yeah. So please, just don't do that. It's just horrible to watch. But um, I'm not a fan of Josh Lucas in this film, Alex. I completely disagree with you. Um, and did this did this mark the end of his Hollywood career, this film? 
<laughs> I feel like I haven't seen him since. But um, well, uh, when I was think... Sweet Home Alabama? Because that was big. That was after this, and he was big in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, right? Never seen it. Um, I think you either need to turn. I mean, he's playing it big. He's playing it large. I think you either need to turn Tolbert into a monster at the end to fight the Hulk. Yeah. Um, or merge his character with General Ross. But I, I didn't really buy in some of the things he was saying or doing. And so I think I would have done the latter and just made General Ross the uh, the, 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 the pseudo-villain until um, Nick Nolte does his thing. Interesting. Okay. So that's not really about just Lucas's performance per se. That's more about the character that he was given. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Josh Lucas's performance, but I think that what they should change is is, is merging those two characters. Mm. So what I'm getting from that is you like Josh Lucas's performance. Great. Victoria, what would you change? Oh, uh, two things. Can I have two? I'll be super quick. So when Nick Nolte's like, I need to see my son because I am partaking, man. Everyone in the audience is like, oh, you're going to steal your son's, but you don't want to see him because you're selfish and you're a horrible dad. You want to touch him so you can steal his power. Then he bites an electricity cable. That's a surprise. So maybe play up that he's going to steal the Hulk's power, unless he does and I didn't notice, which is possible. Second change. At the end, Jennifer Connelly's on the phone. She's like, as much as I miss him, he wouldn't come here. And you're expecting the camera to pull back. And it's like, of course he's come to you because why else are we having this boring chat? So there he is. (laughs) He now, um, just to pick up a thread, which I don't think was dealt with properly. Now he runs a cycle school for kids, trying to get kids just to wear their helmets. Yeah. (laughs) But then a kid runs over his toes because they're quite inaccurate cyclists. And then he's got this rage. And then he's like, ugh. In a cycling school for kids is what I would do. I'm with, I'm with you, Vicky, in terms of uh, the boring conversation between Betty and her dad. I reckon about half an hour of this film are the two, is the two of them talking to each other in various different scenarios. Cut all that shit out. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, one's, no, one's, no one's paid their money to see this movie to watch Betty and her dad talking. No. It's it's actually rude. It's rude how long this film is uh, for what you actually get on screen. Rude. <laughs> it is rude, you're right. It is. <laughs> so rude. It's just rude. <laughs> it is. It is. It's rude. Um, my change is don't be a load of po-faced bollocks and have some fun. Um, <laughs> have a, have a supervillain for the Hulk to go up against instead of kicking the crap out of dogs. Put more Josh <laughs> Lucas in it. Um, I Honestly... I am surprised this film did not get worse reviews uh, when it came out. I can only think that is critics just being forgiving because it's Ang Lee. Because if you do, I mean, I know we don't really talk about audience scores versus critic scores, but this was this was slaughtered by people who went to see it compared to the 60-odd percent it got on Rotten Tomatoes. So there you go. That is Hulk. But you, you, ju- you just yep. said don't have him having fun. Have him having fun. Don't have yep. him fighting dogs. Mm. That's fun, no, isn't it? No, it's no, it's not. No one goes. Do, do you know? Do you know what I want to see the Hulk do? Who? We're sort of, you know, we're on the fence about. You know, is he a villain? What is he? Does he control his powers? Is he a good guy? What's what's his deal? You're immediately going. He's a pretty bad dude, really, because he 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 doesn't just fight dogs, Chris. He puts his fist down their throat and explodes them. Now, I, but they're I, six foot. They're six foot tall Hulk dogs. It's not a puppy. I don't care. It's still a dog. It didn't. It it did not volunteer to be turned into a Hulk dog. Just like you know, I'm sure the Hulk can find a way to restrain them using belts 
or a tree or something. I don't know. Okay. I'm not belt? a dog wrangler. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, what do you mean belt? Like hit him with a belt? Is that what oh, you mean? Poor Simon. I, well, All I right, poor Simon. <laughs> Move along. Move along. Move along. <laughs> he loves it. He bloody loves it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Get your belt chair. Now I'm going to strap you down. You've been a bad dog. Nope, gone weird. Right, uh, let's on. do a quiz. Yep. Let's do a quiz. Uh, no one is going to die in the quiz this week. You'll be pleased to hear. Uh, instead, we're talking. We're talking about rage. Uh, I'm going to describe a person or character who is famed for getting angry, and you've got to tell me their name. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. This legendary tennis player is known for shouting, "You cannot John be serious!" At umpires. Oh, John man. McEnroe. Po- man. Point that. to Alex. <laughs> Point to Alex. This supermodel has a history of throwing phones Naomi at assistants. Naomi Campbell! Yes! <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you guys are good at this one. Um, this band sang Everything About You, which was used Ugly on the Wayne's World soundtrack. Ugly oh. Kid Joe! <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Can everyone calm down a bit? I'm so angry! <laughs> okay. Uh, tougher one now. This English politician hit the headlines in 1976 when he grabbed the mace in the House of Commons and waved it threateningly at Labour MPs. Oh, not Michael Heseltine. Was it Michael Heseltine? Yeah. It was Heseltine. Are you fucking Tarzan. kidding me? Jesus. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just surprised that Alex got that. Sorry, so that's rude, but I am surprised. I mean, it's, yeah. it's yeah. really that's, famous. Uh, Vicky, it's uh, really famous. Uh, he grabbed uh, the mace uh, and waved it. <laughs> Threatened the El- wow. Labour MPs. <laughs> Hilarious. His nickname was um, was Tarzan. I didn't know that. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, all right. Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler starred in the anger management movie. But who played the lead Charlie in the TV Sheen. series? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. It's <laughs> correct. <laughs> and uh, the final question. Uh, this cartoon character was created in 1934, wears a sailor suit and frequently loses Popeye! his temper. Popeye! Popeye! <laughs> Popeye! <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. Uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Who wears a sailor suit and gets angry? Popeye. <laughs> oh, bl- blue! Is is enemy bl- Bluetooth? I've said Bluto, blue, Bluto, Bluto. Donald Duck, Donald Duck, Vicky, Donald Duck. You can't, you can't catch up, but I'll give you the bonus one anyway. Uh, this actor lost his shit with the director of photography on the set of a blockbuster movie. Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, correct, Christian Damn. Bale. Yes. But, uh, Alex wins this one four three. Well played, Alex. Thank you very much. That was great fun. I very much enjoyed that. Right. Um, whose choices is it for next week's shows? Let's do a little bit of a teaser for what we're talking about next week, an early clue. Victoria, have you got a clue for us? I do. Are you ready? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not very good, but oh, you see it. there's a lot you could do for this. So I've gone a little bit more challenging. If you can impress a girl here, you can impress a girl anywhere. No. Oh, uh. All right, mm-hmm. I like it. All right. Um, there'll be another clue uh, on Twitter very soon to help you along with that. Uh, right then, we're back on Thursday to talk about the challenger this week, the incredible Hulk from 2008. In the meantime, do follow us on Twitter at ClashPod, on Instagram at ClashPod. And uh, if you can and you have the time, it'd be lovely if you could rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or other. It is very useful to us. See you on Thursday, guys. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Hold up. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.